Welcome to The Gifted Podcast, a show that takes you on a journey through the inspiring stories of Black business owners in Kansas City's urban core who have won a grant from Kansas City Gift. Today, we'll be diving into the world of entrepreneurship, exploring the passion, hard work, and perseverance it takes to thrive as a Black business owner in the heart of Kansas City. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to another episode of The Gifted Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Calloway, here today with Dayon Richardson of Mira Mira Books. Dayon, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people about you. About yes. Um, I like to say I'm a teacher by day, author by night. Um, I've had the privilege to author two children's books since 2020. Um, one is I Told the Storm, and the other is Our Gift Grace, which I released last May. That's so I'll be celebrating the anniversary soon. That's what's up. That's what's up. So when did you start the business? How did you get into uh, self-publishing children's books? Okay, so it kind of goes a little bit into my trade. Um, I noticed as a teacher, a lot of the books I was reading to my students, they weren't reflected. Um, And so I knew that whatever book I did write, it was going to have an African-American child because I wanted them to see themselves in the book that I was reading. Um, And so from that, in 2020, it was literally during the pandemic when I published um, and I self-published. It was very difficult to try to find a publisher. Um, And so through the process of self-publishing, I would teach my lessons in the morning and I'd be working on my book in the afternoon. That's what's up. Um, And so I had to balance that. Um, But the process, it was very fulfilling because I was in the whole thing. Um, I was able to be a part of it from start to finish. So when I see my book, I'm like, I know who did the pages. I know about the bleed. I know about the color contrast. Um, but it was something very, you know, fulfilling for me, as well as my nephew, who the book was dedicated to. Um, he was the first person I read my book to when it was on my so. phone. Yeah, it was on my phone. <laughs> and I had just came back from teaching in China. And um, I was literally in like a turbulence on the plane. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the Holy Spirit dropped this book on me. So like, I have to start typing it out. Mm-hmm. And so my mom and my uncle picked, my mom and my nephew picked me up. And I'm like, y'all think I wrote a book on the plane? <laughs> and my nephew, he was just like, read it to us. I'm like, okay. And so I read the book to them. And my nephew's like, can you read it again? He had me read it to him five times. Oh. I was like, well, we might have something here. Um, and so my main character is based off of my nephew's likeness because he was the first one I read my book to. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, can, can you talk a little bit about the name of the company, Mirror Mirror Books? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that also has uh, a elevated significance as well. It does. So, 70% of children's books are either of white characters or animals. So, that means you can find an elephant and a pig before you can find a book that represents a child of color. Um, and so, my goal is whatever I create. My readers can always see themselves. Um, As a black woman, I didn't get a lot of representation growing up, whether it was books, toys, dolls. It was hard to find a black baby doll. Uh, So for me to be able to make black characters, um, plushies, shirts, tote bags, lunch bags, whatever I create, I want them to see themselves. I want them to have a mirror. 
Um, there's research that says that books can be sliding glass doors, windows, or mirrors. And a lot of times for Black readers, they, they have windows into other cultures, into other races, and into other ethnicities, but they don't have a lot of mirrors. And so I want to create mirrors instead of windows. That's what's up. Yeah. And that's what you're doing. Thank you. I'm man, trying. Man. Uh, so I feel like you, you might also have some additional unique perspective because it's not like it, there's a, a, a lot of people are out there publishing children's books. Uh, and you also have the background of specifically being a teacher yeah. getting into public publishing children's, children's books. Uh, and so there's a lot of assumptions that I can make that I think may have may have some kind of influence. And I mean, you just said that you was coming back from teaching in China, yeah. <laughs> meaning that, that you like you were. It, it sounds like you are a very engaged, dedicated, like your teaching is just. It, it's not. It's not a just a job. It feels like a calling or a career. So, h- how does uh, how does your experience as a teacher mm-hmm. impact or or is reflected in your work as a children's author? Yes. Well, I know for sure. Um, growing up, I did have some influential teachers in my life that I will never forget. And with me thinking about teachers that left an imprint. They were teachers that looked like me. Some didn't, but some did. Most of them did. Um, And so when I think about the responsibility I have to blaze that trail for my students, I take that seriously. Um, I take it seriously how I speak to them, how I invest in their dreams. Um, And so for them to see me, someone that looks like them, actually publish books, books that look like them, it's it's a trip. Well, so it's a do, trip. Do you do you read your books to your students? I try not to because it makes me cry. It makes me cry. <laughs> I wouldn't lie. It, I get so emotional. Um, but I keep I keep my copies in my classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep the plush dolls in there, and they love picking them up. Um, and reading to them. One girl even looked like her. She had the bows in her hair, and everybody was like, "Autumn looks just like Grace." Oh, and I'm like. Sorry. Oh, don't cry, Dan. Don't cry, Dan. <laughs> but they they are so proud of me. And that makes me proud to do what I do because it lets them know, like, you can do this. And I think that growing up, I did not know that. You know, I, I can't think of any authors I knew. Yeah. Let alone a teacher. Yeah. You know, and so it's just, it's bigger than me. Um, And I think me teaching and being a children's book author, I see that every day. Yeah. And so you, you also alluded to, like, you had to, you you taught yourself this whole publishing process, uh, kind of like as you were going along. And so, what did you learn? What hiccups did you run into? What what like what was what was the what were uh, some challenges along the way of teaching yourself that? Cue the office zoom in. You know where it's like the face. It was it was really difficult. The terminology. Mm-hmm. I think that within the publishing world, people assume you just know what bleed is. You know what your dimension size is. They yeah. they assume. And coming into it, I knew none of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it ain't always a handout to give you the information either. No, no. When you do covers and people are like, what is, what's the dimension of your cover? I'm like, what's the dimension you're going to draw it in? I mean, what's the <laughs> I don't know. And they're not helpful. 
They just expect you to really know. And so that really was, I cried a lot. Mm-hmm. I cried a lot with my first book because nobody sees. Everybody sees the book when it's done. Yeah. And they see how cute it is, but they don't realize like all the reprints, all the stuff you have to keep getting sent back. Because your text is cut off, because uh, something is not uh, rationed out correctly. Um, and so that was the probably the most difficult thing for me was the terminology, because this is your baby. Right. And you want this to be done right. Or even ISBNs, barcodes, all that stuff goes. <laughs> don't I tell you that? Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't need that. And my friend was like, no, I think you need a barcode. <laughs> I'm like, do I really need a barcode? Girl, you want a barcode. Your book ain't a book without a barcode. Um, And so that probably was the hardest thing for me because I had no clue. Um, And at the time, there was no mentorship. There was no one I knew that had really made a book that was... Now, there was a couple people, Mm -hmm. but I felt like a burden of like, okay, so what's this? What is this? Versus, you know, having that information already on hand. So that probably was the most difficult thing. Um, me and Adobe became best friends. They customer service. <laughs> okay, so can you change it? And they would take access to my computer, and they would do it for me. And I was like, I should be sitting there. And they said, that look okay. I'm like, can you move it on a little bit more? <laughs> I knew none of that stuff. You know, like, that's that's not something I was familiar with. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have the blessing of having a publisher, so I had to learn it on my own. Yeah. When it comes to, you know, the in a children's book, obviously, the big piece of that is the art. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you do the art yourself? Did you outsource the art? Like, how how that work? My goodness, that was a, that. Okay, that was a challenge too. I'm not talking about the tech piece, but that was a challenge too because um, I didn't know where to know where to look. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, there's an author who I know and love, Derek Barnes. He's from Kansas City, um, and he's a children's book author as well. Um, and I just sent him a DM. Don't know the man from Sam, but I knew I wanted his mentorship. Mm-hmm. And so I sent him a DM and I was like, I'm trying to find an illustrator. Can you give me some advice? And he said that there's an artist, the uh, Kansas Art Institute. Mm-hmm. They have an illustrator building. Did you have an illustrator building? I did not. And they, all they do is illustrations. And so I took off is today. The students or? The students. That's there's the a whole school. I had no clue. And so I took a half day from work and I went to the illustrator building. And it just so happens it was their graduation, like for the uh, fall winter semester. Mm -hmm. And so all of them were showcasing their best work. Now, it was a lot of like comic style illustrators. Mm -hmm. And so I I got a chance to see everybody's best. Um, And so as I'm walking around, I'm seeing people I would love to maybe partner with. But the thing about it is because some of them were still current students, they wanted royalties. And I was like, ah, I don't know about off of every book sold. They so, wanted some. So they, they weren't charging you uh, art cost up front? They were just going to do it and then get It was going to be both. Huh. And then they, I wasn't even talking to them directly. The professor was trying to get in. And I said, sir, what is going on? <laughs> he was trying to get his little piece in. Um, but that's where I started, which is the Art Institute um, for the illustrators. And then um, one of my teacher friends, she graduated from the Art Institute. And she's like, I think I might have an illustrator in mind. I was like, oh, snap. Guess where she graduated from? The Art Institute. <laughs> and so she is um, a, a painter by trade. But she did, I'm her third book that she's done. That's what's up. And she's out of St. Louis, Missouri. 
That's what's up. And she didn't, she didn't, she didn't want no royalties. It was just a flat cost. I said, sign me up. Sign me up. Were they good? Were they talking about a slide and scale? Mm-hmm. If they gave you royalties, really going to do it for a cheaper cost up front? No, that doesn't make sense. It was, it was, and I, and the thing about it is, when I reached out for Derek Barnes, he told me that the best illustrators don't do that. That's something that they they usually have like a flat rate mm-hmm. based off a of page number, yep. not based off of every book sold. Right. Yeah. If you self publish, you want all your coins. Yeah. I mean, if you go through a publisher. You still want all your money. Yeah. And, but the thing that was wild is I didn't make books for the money. That was just an additional benefit. Right. I just made, I wanted to make books for my babies, my yeah. kids. And I said, oh, just make it profit? <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's nice. That's what's up. So, so let's talk, talk uh, about the business side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, where did you, where did you start selling your books? At, like so, you 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 wrote it. You you went through all the turmoil of actually getting it printed and published, and now you started to sell it. How how to who? Um, my accountant friend at the time told me to put it on my website, and I was like, oh, so I need a website. <laughs> I didn't have a website. I didn't have nothing, and so I made a, I made a website. It was so cranky jinky, but it served its purpose. That's what's up. People could buy books. Yeah. Um, and so I started going through the process of getting it on an Amazon, but because of the layout of my book, mm-hmm. because my um, illustrator, she paints mm-hmm. some of the illustrations and she does it on landscape paper. And so Amazon does not have landscape mm-hmm. as an opportunity to upload your book. And so I couldn't upload it to Amazon because, you know, everyone's like, your book on Amazon? I wasn't able to get it on Amazon. Mm. And that crushed me because I'm like, oh, everybody has their book on Amazon. Um, and so I put it on my website um, and I tried to get like different opportunities to be out in the public, but it was a pandemic. Yeah. So what nobody. Yeah. Girl, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you better go website. And like even with my book release, I had to do two smaller sections of a book party because people didn't want to be, you know, right. in a large group. Um, and so my main way of getting my book out was my website um, at that time. And since then, I'm, I'm getting that thing everywhere. Vending events, the monthly uh, gift uh, black uh, sessions that we have on Saturdays at the end of the month. Um, all around the city, I've been able to do that. But at that time, wasn't nobody having no pop-ups. Yeah. It'll pop down. <laughs> pop in. And so... so uh, you ended up as a $10,000 winner of our first annual pitch competition. Yeah. And so, uh, talk a little bit about the, the pitch preparation process, that, the, the whole pro- the, the preparation process, the pitch, and what you were actually using the money for. My goodness. I can't think about it too long because I know I'm going to cry. That's all right. We got um, time. Listen, we got time for some tears. Because the beautiful thing about it is, is um, I know how much I've grown mm-hmm. since I released the book. Um, and one of the things that they asked us to do for our pitch uh, competition was to look at your data. Mm-hmm. And so to see when I released my book, I was negative on income. Negative. Like I had invested so much into the preparation of making the books, trying to make it look cute when I get it out, all of that. Um, and I was in the negative to where this year, above and beyond what I made then. Um, and so, like, 
I think for me that says like you can trust me with this income, yeah. you know, like you can trust that I'm going to be a good steward over it. Um, and that's important to me because I want to show like I can improve my business mm-hmm. every year learning something new. Um, and so my goal is to get it on Amazon. <laughs> um, that's one one of the benefits of like using the income is because like I can get like the UPC codes mm-hmm. um, as well as buy more in bulk. Um, recently, I've had a lot of schools reach out and want me to come, and they buy by the drove. And then if I'm like buying twenty five dollars, and then they're like, "We want what you have," and then I gotta wait three months <laughs> yeah. to get some more dolls. Yeah, I'm like, Ugh, "Can y'all pre order?" And so with um, the money from gift, it'll allow me to buy my books in bulk. It'll allow me to buy my dolls in bulk and do travel. Um, so. You t- talk talk a little bit about the dolls. We haven't actually talked about those. I love them so much. Yeah, yeah. So t- tell tell us about what what are, what are the dolls? Uh, how how that come about? Yes. Yeah, so um, initially, I wanted to create my Emery doll, mm-hmm. um, and one of my sorority sisters had made it out of crochet. Now, one business standpoint is don't be afraid to reinvent. Because crochet is not uh, something that you can do longevity of. And kids don't want to play with no crochet doll. That go on the shelf. (laughs) It's fancy. You better look at it. It ain't ain't to be touched. Whereas a plush, you know, it's like, okay, I can kind of get a little rough with it. It can go in the washer. It can go in the dryer. So um, at the time, I was doing the crochet dolls. Mm -hmm. um, And I had got a few of them. But it wasn't long term something I could afford. Because I was trying to buy them in bulk and then sell them. But I was pretty much breaking even on price. Um, And so I was like, okay, I really want dolls. I really want dolls. And one of my friends was like, you should look online. Um, There's a company called um, Alibaba or different things like that where you can get in and wholesale. And so I vetted a few companies, um, found a factory that I liked, um, and started the prototype. And let me tell you. Prototype maybe five or six. That's the one y'all see today. There was one point he had curly hair. He looked he looked like Tito, and I said, "No, that is not Emery. That's that is not my Emery. I don't know who baby that is." But it was so important to me that his skin tone, mm-hmm. that his hair texture. You knew that was an African American boy, like without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and so that was the process for getting him. Yeah. So now not only do you have the the books that are a mirror uh, to you know, young black kids that aren't able to, to see themselves, you're able to actually you know, kind of bring that even mm-hmm. more to life in having those characters as, as dolls yes! that you can actually uh, sell too. So that's what's up. Yes, and they, they absolutely love it. Um, I went through the same company to make the Grace doll as well. And she's got like little hoops. In her ears, she got these cute bows, she got afro puffs. I just absolutely love her dress, you know. And so, um, it was important to me, like I said, about their skin tone, their hair texture, because when they read with them, I want them to know, like, she represents me, he represents me. Um, and I even have older boys that still got them on their bed. I ain't gonna bust them out or nothing, but I'm happy he got his emery. That's what's up, yeah. And so, they came later on, um, but I love the addition that they added to the brand. Yeah. Are you a black business owner looking for support or resources to take your business to the next level? Well, look no further than Kansas City Gifts, the premier one-stop shop for all your business needs. 
We provide premium services and insightful consultations to help legitimize, scale, and transform both established and startup businesses at no cost to you. Discover our grant application process, business center, and black business market by visiting KansasCityGive.org. Together, we can uplift and empower our local black business community. So, uh, back back to the, the pitch, the, so the pitch competition, the pitch preparation. What, what what else do you feel like you got out of the pitch preparation? Oh my goodness! Uh, like, what was that that whole experience like for you? I would say the thing that I know I lacked when I launched my book, my first book, was knowledge about the brand, about how to create a business. And gift continues to be the gift that keeps on giving with that. And I mean that from my whole heart, like stuff I would have never even imagined. I'm learning about terminology. That is important to have a business that I now can say I know. Yeah. Um, and so uh, with preparation, the different meetings that we had, the like-mindedness, seeing how people set up their tables, something you don't think about. Yeah. If your table just got a wrinkled tablecloth, that ain't going to be inviting. Ain't nobody buying nothing. And it could be the best of the best. But it's, it's all preparation to extend your brand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even hearing from other pitch winners, and how they build their portfolio, how they get out and make themselves known in the community. I wasn't able to do that when I first launched my first book because everybody was inside. And so trying to be on Zooms and trying to do online readings. And so to hear what everybody is doing, it's just such a blessing to hear like-mindedness and to hear from those that have done it for years. Like y'all got knowledge, okay? And it will be wise to listen to knowledge, okay? A fool ignores knowledge now, and I ain't no fool. So I'll be in there like, okay, what we do next? Okay, and so the paper trail side of it, um, making sure your money is in, in order and you know where everything is going. Mm-hmm. Like y'all have given us so much wisdom in that. It was the, the first time we did this pitch competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my very favorite things about it, I mean, the, the actual pitch day was great uh but i had the you know i had the pleasure of watching you guys pitch the week before mm-hmm. and so being able to see the that preliminary pitch be a part of that uh feedback and then see mm-hmm. how that feedback was implemented uh that like that to for me, that was the best part of the process, and seeing you know, literally all, all all you got all all you guys needed was just a little bit of mm-hmm. a little bit of info, uh, and you just, specifically you what? took that and ran with it, and small tweaks and adjustments to the pitch that that made it really perfect. So. I love it. Yeah, look, I I will receive any wisdom because it's not about me, you know, and so. Anything that I can get from y'all, I'm gonna take it. I'll take up. it. That's what's up. Yes. Um, so what's next? So so you you got you got the grant, you are buying more in bulk, uh, which in turn will help you sell more uh, without and sell longer without running out. So yes. so what, what what's what are the next steps? You got more books, you what, what's next steps? Yes, I am actually working on another book. That's what's up. Um yes, I'm so excited. Um, my students are like, you ain't wrote no book about us. 
And so my next book is dedicated to them. Um, it's a love letter to my favorite student. And spoiler, there is no favorite student. But they're going to read it and be like, she's writing about me. I'm writing about all y'all. Because I love all y'all. Um, and so that would be next. So you've come a long way mm-hmm. from just having this idea, getting this spark of inspiration on a plane and randomly writing this book. Right. Uh, to, you know, travel and, and, and selling it here and there. Uh, and so if you could go back mm-hmm. and give yourself some advice uh, from that first time, from that first day when you wrote that book and started this process and this journey, knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. what, what advice would you give to yourself? Trust the process. Um, I think sometimes... And this might be any field, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's easy to look to your left or to your right, and you see everybody is just zooming. You see everybody, oh, dang, she on Amazon. Dang, she's at that school. Oh, I would have loved to, I would have loved to do a read loud. You know, you see everybody, and it looks like they're passing you by. Yeah. But you have to trust your process because your process is going to look different from somebody else's. Right. Um, and so I would tell myself, Trust your process. Um, trust the pace that you are going. If I were to rush things, then I would have missed out on so much lessons. Yep. Um, versus now, I'm able to help other authors that want to publish. They want to self-publish. Mm-hmm. I have different packages I provide. Like I can show you how to self-publish. I could publish a book for you, but I want you to have the power of saying you did it. If I would have rushed. Or for somebody else to do it, I wouldn't have been able to do that now. Yeah. And make income off of it, you know? And so I would tell myself in 2020, when you're still in the house and you done picked up the weight from pandemic, I would say trust the process. <laughs> trust the process That's- and stay diligent, you know, because you could get lazy too. You know, because you see things not moving. Right. Um, yep. It's easy to get thing. frustrated and say, you know, they're, they're doing this, they're doing that. I was working for them and it's not working for me. Yeah. Uh, but in reality, to 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 somebody else, it looks like you are you the one that's zooming. Listen, so. and I feel like I'm, I was moving at a snail pace, honey. I said, okay, there you are. You're so foul. You're so foul. <laughs> your mama, your daddy, <laughs> and your niece, your nephew, your sister. Okay, you're so foul. But to be like, wow, you know, and even with the second book, it didn't sell as quickly as the first one did. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's going on? Ain't nobody buying my book. What's going on? But my target audience has shifted since then. Whereas now I'm not just in front of my family and friends. Mm-hmm. Now I'm at venues. Now I'm at events um, and having people say, like, I got your book already, girl. I'm like, you do I get so proud. Or people like, do you got any books in the car? Like, you know, I got some books in the car. You know, and so trust in the process is saying like, you you here? Yeah. You here? You know, you yes, you got stuff you still want to be able to say you have or are doing, but trust the process. That's what's up. All right, Dayan. So you know we we operate, we survive, we grow. We started off of individual ten dollar monthly donors. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, what message do you want to give to our donors that help make gift possible? Yes. Okay, so there's a couple people that I just recently found out are donors. Mm-hmm. And when I won the gift grant, one of them messaged me and said, it's such a blessing to see where that is going. And I was like, oh, this is bananas. Um, because she got a chance to actually see where her impact is. And so I want to say, your impact is felt. 
every time you make that opportunity to give that donation, it impacts an organization, a business that surpasses what you could even imagine or think. To you, it might seem small, but to us, it's everything. So thank you for making that donation. Thank you for giving that gift um, because you are changing generations and families and lives forever. Um, what that means for you to do that, to make that sacrifice. Listen, I know to you it might just seem like a Starbucks drink or a meal from McDonald's, but let me tell you, you you making an impact for real. Um, and I'm so grateful. I want to say thank you um, because because of you, you have changed my family's life, my life, um, and my students' lives. Um, so thank you for that gift. So, so how can people... Uh... How can they find you? If I, if I want to get a book, how, uh, what's your website, social media? How can they find you? Yes. Yeah, so you can go to Dayon Nicole with N-E-C-O-L-E for Nicole um, dot com or Dayon Nicole on all social media. Um, yes, I'm everywhere online. Good. Everywhere. I try to post a lot, but it don't always happen. But I'm there and you can say hello. You could buy, buy some goodies and everything. Yeah. Well, Dayana, I appreciate you coming through. Uh, and we appreciate all of the the uh, the hard work that you put into the business because it makes it easy for us to be able to then, you know, do our little part of we give a little bit of money, a little bit of technical support, and know that you can take that and be a good steward over it and continue to grow the business. So thank you for coming and thank you for being great. Thank you. And I want to say, listen, y'all are doing more than just a little. Y'all have changed the legacy of my family. You know, I have younger siblings. And for them to say this, my niece and my nephew, they took their books to school. And, you know, he, my nephew said, my teacher read the books to all the third graders. And, he, and I said, how did you feel? He said, I felt proud. You know, so this is so much bigger than any of us. And so y'all ain't playing no little part. This is a huge part. Y'all have changed my life. Y'all have literally changed my life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Gifted Podcast. Uh, We will see y'all later. You've been listening to The Gifted Podcast, where we celebrate the incredible journeys of Black business owners in Kansas City's urban core. We hope you've been inspired by the stories of our grant recipients and the amazing work that they're doing in our community. To make sure that you never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe to Gifted on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media for updates and behind-the-scenes content. Thank you for joining us on this journey and we'll see you next week for another inspiring story.